up, little soldier. You got me. Turn my mic up louder, I got to say something. Lightweight, step it aside when we come in. Feel it in your chest, the syllables get pumping. People on the street to panic and start running. Words on loose leaf sheet, complete coming. I jump on my mind, I summon the rhyme, I'm dumping. Healing the blind, I promise to let the sun in. Sick of the dark ways, we march to the drumming. Jump when they tell us that they want to see jumping. Fuck that, I want to see some fist pumping. Miss something, take back what's yours. Say something that you know they might attack you for. Cause I'm sick of being treated. Like I had before, like a stupid standing for what I'm standing for. Like this war is really just a different brand of war. Like it doesn't cater to rich and a fan of war. Like they understand you in the back of the jet when you can't put gas in your tank. These fuckers are laughing the way to the bank and cashing a check. Asking you to have compassion and have some respect for a leader so nervous in an obvious way. Stuttering and mumbling for night news to replay. And the rest of the world watching at the end of the day. In the living room laughing like never shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your host. And today is Thursday, so we've got Queen of the Flock in all of her dreaded glory. <laughs> this morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Grand rising. Good morning. Good morning. No, no, listen. Kim? Hey. Yes. Yeah, let's save some shit. We got to do. Yeah, we're going to, like, follow Santo all up in here. I saved right before we like right before you came back here. It's felt, and this now I think kind of I know why. Like I've just, yeah, I woke up. Just I woke up choosing violence this morning, and I'm like, Jesus, what is the fuck is my problem? Like I'm like staring at the cat. I'm like, God, I hate you, cat. And I'm like, I don't hate my cat. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and then now I feel like okay, so we're clearing this out. Uh, Purple Princess, good morning. Kim Brown and Little Wolf, good morning. It's good to see you, Mama Jackson. I saw you in here. H Dad and Stacy Mock. Morgan, good morning. Lori, good morning. Brandy, good morning. And Annalie and Relentless Mikey, good morning. Good morning, you guys. Uh, Grand Rising, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I got a kink in my, my back that I need, I need to get fixed. I need to go to chiropractor. So if you see me just kind of doing one of these, like, that's why. The like puppy. a random, like, so like, oh, God, there it is. Well, Someone put like the pin in my voodoo doll, right? <laughs> yeah, I got this muscle, and it's right here. And, like, it'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, it'll just go right. <laughs> and I'll, oh, and then it like, I don't know why it does it. It's been doing it for a really long time now. And we don't have any explanation as to why, other than my core is probably not in the greatest shape. So I should probably work on it. But good morning, Queen of the Flock. Good morning. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome this morning. I talked yeah. about this a little bit with, hmm, oh my God. I always, that's not his name. Rob, Ripple Time. And it wasn't even live. We were backstage. He's like, hey, I just, have you ever experienced this? And I'm like, you know, I've heard of it, but I don't ever think that I have. And I thought kind of what you thought when I sent it to you, because you were like, oh, this is about like people, you know, being one person online or being one person in no, public. I, and then, what I had asked you yeah. was, would the opposite of that be then fake people? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I dove into what it is. That's kind of where I've stopped. I haven't. Yeah, I go back. So you could, yeah, we kind of did it backwards. So we can kind of talk a little bit about that. And we can talk about some things that um, can cause imposter syndrome uh, in people. And we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But first, let's bring up what imposter syndrome is. Yeah, let's it read is, that definition because I got weirdly emotional reading it. Yeah, it, well, and, this is something that I, I have struggled with a really long time, and yeah. I didn't even know that it had a name. Me but impos imposter syndrome is people who struggle with imposter, imposter syndrome believe that they are undeserving of their achievements and the high esteem into which they are, in fact, generally held. They feel that they aren't as com competent or in as intelligent as others might think, and that soon enough, people will discover the truth about them. Those with imposter syndrome are often well accomplished. They may hold high office or have numerous academic degrees. I think that's an old definition. Uh, nowadays, it's more, these are going to be like your people in, in places of success. And 
when when he asked me when I started looking it up, that hit me pretty hard because I am that person. Yeah, I am. I'm just waiting. Like when I talk about how I don't do really do meet and greets because I'm that's part of it. Like, I'm afraid we're going to do this meet and greet and you're like you're going to have an expectation of what I'm supposed to be like. And I'm not going to be like that person because I'm I'm one way like I'm you know, when I turn it on, I'm on online. But like in person, what if you think I'm wildly different? Like, what if you think I'm an imposter? What if you think that? And and those things and the undeserving and and all of that jazz like that is it goes right back to that. Not enough. Whatever. Not enough. Mm -hmm. And that's I I struggle with that. Where do you think now I have some ideas, but I want to get yours first. Where do you think something like this could potentially come from? I don't think people are just born with imposter syndrome. No, I don't know, because that's definitely and if you look at nature versus nurture, this is definitely a nurture problem. Mm -hmm. And I think it stems from a number of different things and a collection of different things. You know, there's, there's a lot of attributes to this, but I feel like first of all, your childhood, right. And this is something that I'm, I'm very cautious of with, with Char is the way that we speak. It's not, I'm so proud that you did this, or this will make mommy proud. It's you should be proud of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because now we're trying to live up to, right. Like, I struggled with that with my dad for a while. Like, God, I just wanted my dad to be fucking proud of me. Why? Like, why is that? So I was never Why is that so important? Right. Yeah. And then, um, I'm fucking puppies. (laughs) And then, um, and then with school too, right? Like you're always held to these ideal cookie cutter standards. And if you don't make it, then you're just, you're not, you're not good enough. With no, with no, like it's, it's the, and I think it's a difference between constructive criticism and hurtful criticism. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in constructive criticism and feedback. So and I've always kind of led by this saying like feedback and constructive criticism comes from people that want to see you do better in a private setting. So it's usually one-on-one in a private setting from people that want you to see you succeed. Criticism is done publicly and with the intent to hurt you and to make the uh, person giving the criticism feel yep. inferior or feel like bigger and better than they are. Mm-hmm. And this is why like, I get a lot of comments from people. Like I just got one on YouTube uh, the other night and this the lady was like, this show was so bad. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. <laughs> I, well, and so yeah, I went straight to ego cause this is my baby, right? Like you're coming out, you're talking, <laughs> we're gonna talk. But I came back and I'm like, I'm just like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And she's like, I'm sorry. I just felt like I just couldn't sit through the whole thing. And I'm like, why are you apologizing to me? Like, yeah. you're the one that left the shitty comment. You could have just kept your mouth shut. Right. And <laughs> you could have scrolled. But I get this a lot. And then when I get kind of snarky about it or when I put it back on them, like, hey, like you didn't have to watch. And, and plus, this isn't an airport. Like when people are like, well, I'm leaving. Well, so fucking go. Departure. Go. There's 50 billion people on this planet. I'll find more. Like you're I'm not the one. This ain't the place. That's fine. That's right. Well, people are like, you need to learn how to take credit, or you need to learn how to take feedback. And I'm like, bitch, this ain't feedback. You're being critical publicly on purpose to make me feel bad and to make yourself look better, or look it like look look like like you like you know something superior. Like, superior. That's the word I'm looking for, and I couldn't <laughs> find it. Superior. There you go. Feedback is done by people that care about you and what you're trying to do. And it's done with the intent to make it better. Mm-hmm. Criticism is done publicly with the intent to hurt you. Remember that if, if there's anybody out there ever trying to do something in their life, anybody that comes at you and is like, da, 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 you suck. Fuck, fuck them. They don't care. They don't want to see you do better. You don't need to take that. I do not take that. Like, I'm not going to take that. So remember that. Write it down. It's one of my favorite quotes. Write it down. But I think imposter syndrome can look, I think a lot of that comes from, like, can lead up to like an imposter, because then you do, you get this feeling of not being good enough, like you were never enough, and maybe you were never told you were enough, and then you didn't understand then that it had really nothing to do with you, and it had everything to do with them. And now that we're kind of in this adult stage. Who's an adult? Who's not us. Not us. Not us. <laughs> You're kind of like growing into this stage. You kind of understand that people who make those kind of comments uh, are broken. They're broken and hurt people hurt people. And they're They're just projecting their hurt onto you because they're mad. Well, fucking die mad. 
Um, it doesn't mean that you have to put up with it, but I have this other part and it says uh, five types of imposter syndrome. So yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's interesting that, you know, we're talking about this, everything's connected and lines up too, because mm -hmm. we've been um, reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown on my lives. Like I just randomly read it and we've been reading and there's the whole chapter. I mean, the whole thing is about daring greatly, right. And being mm -hmm. vulnerable and that vulnerability is in weakness and that we, you know, we're, we're not taught about worthiness, about self-worthiness. And we're also not taught that outside and external factors don't dictate our internal happiness and our internal worth, worth. That's the word. Worth. worth. I think worth. that's accurate. Worth. Again, like, and you don't realize it until you're out of it, out of it. And I think a lot of us grew up in it. Like I grew yeah. up in it. Like I was constantly trying to like, be as good as, uh, and it's usually against my brother and sister. Right. Like my yeah. Brother why can't like you be the, like your brother? Yep. And my brother was like the golden child, even though like huge fuck up, like huge fuck up. Right. Well, and I, I loved my brother. Um, we don't talk much anymore, but huge fuck up as a kid and he'll admit it. And my sister was like the other side of it where she was like the baby and the, and that she was so pretty and she was so good at track. Like she ran, she played one sport. And she was so good at it. And so everybody's like, oh, and then, but like on the, the other side of it, like I knew she wasn't, like I knew she wasn't the greatest person at the time. Like she was doing all this stuff that nobody knew about. And that's so frustrating because then I, I got, I'm less like squatting here in the middle and I played all the fucking sports and did all the plays and trying to constantly prove my worth to people who shouldn't have mattered in the first place. And I don't know why they ever did. And well, I do, because when you live in a small town and you don't have the internet to show you how many people are out there, you, you only have what you have. And, yeah, and boy. I think that for a lot of us, and I know, you know, there's, there's what, eight, five years between us, eight years. I think five, five. I'm 39. How old are you? Early thirties. I'll be 32 in September. Yeah. So about okay. five years. Five. So we, I mean, you're obviously a little bit beyond me, but mm -hmm. we both kind of like, I remember when computer class started, like mm -hmm. I remember getting the AOL dial up discs mm -hmm. in the mail, mm -hmm. like all that. Right. So the, the world for us was very small. And mm -hmm. even though we did have the internet, it's not like the generations now that already grew up with MySpace and Facebook and cell phones and all this shit. So it's really been interesting to kind of, because we get sucked back into it real quick, don't we? Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Like, there we go. Not enough again. Mm -hmm. We do. And I, I think a lot of that too. Um, I watched a TikTok this actually just this morning. I was watching this TikTok and it was a lady, it was like one of those POV TikToks, you know, point of view. And this lady come barging into this, this other lady who was supposed to be her friend, and she was all excited about news. And she was like, Oh my God, I can't wait to tell you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm so excited about this. And then the friend come back and she's like, God, why are you yelling? Like I am sitting like completely just like, uh. You know, and, and then she goes back to herself and she's just and like her, you could just see it and her heart is broken. And boy, I can remember having that happen a, a bajillion times, like a bajillion times. Like every time I would get overly excited about something, I would get really excited. And I would go to the person that I, you know, wanted to go to. And that's what I would get. I'd be like, God, why are you so loud? Or that, or hey, like, good job. I'm like, oh, like, I'm not stupid. Like, I don't want to be in placated here. And I think that kind of blends into a lot of this imposter syndrome because now I feel like anything that I do that I, I feel like is an accomplishment or anything that could be viewed as an accomplishment, I don't see it that I'm like, I, I take it as a little win that I'm like, oh man, but it's going to fall. I got to keep going like, or, or that I don't deserve this or that I got lucky. Like, and it has taken me a long time to, to learn, you know, we used to say a lot, know your worth. Like that was a big thing for us for a long time know your worth. But now we're kind of in this point of, wait, I not only know it, but now I have to like practice it. I have to, I have, have to, to live my worth. I have to own it. Like, and I have to put up, and that means putting up boundaries with people being like, wait, listen, what you bring isn't, and isn't working anymore. And it, I'm growing, you're staying stagnant and, and that's going okay. to hurt your feelings, but you're out. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And I feel like a lot of the, that is new for me because before there was a time where I didn't feel like I deserved to stand up for myself. I didn't feel like I deserved to, to be able to, um, 
put those boundaries into place in a situation or with people that I didn't want to be around anymore. I didn't feel like I was deserving of that. And that's part of these, the five types of imposter syndrome. That's like an emotional type. Like you don't feel like you're good enough or you don't feel like you're deserving enough to put boundaries in place with people who are, who are just holding you back or hurting you or whatever. Or when those people have titles, you know, it gets tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or those people, tough. you view those people as a, as, as superior to you, even though like from the outside looking at everybody else doesn't see it that way, but you see it that way. And for whatever reason you see it that way. Um, the next one. So there's, there's, it's like, so there's some questions in here. Like if you feel like you are experiencing imposter syndrome, there's some questions that this article tells you to ask yourself. The first question is, have you ever been accused of being a micromanager? So do you know what a micromanager is? Yeah. Yeah. That, like, um, yeah. I have never been accused of it, but I was always been very aware of yeah. the control portion. Of the this. control so freak. Like, yeah. Like, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was always kind of like a struggle. I just, you know, um, did you have, do you have diff great difficulty delegating even when you're able to do so? Do you feel frustrated and disappointed in the results? Yes. Oh God. These are just hitting all close to home. <laughs> I figured. Um, when you, when you miss the insanely high mark on something, do you accuse yourself of not being cut out for your job and ruminate on it for days? I used to, I don't anymore. I mean, I do don't, I'm, I'm going back to like, like some current stuff, but also like job wise, like Hazleton, like when I was a manager for the dealership. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and like I said, like a lot of these I was, but I've, I've gotten to this point where yeah. I, I'm not like that anymore, but absolutely. This absolutely did apply. Did you feel like your work must be a hundred percent perfect? A hundred percent of the time. I used to until I got the record journal that really like that record journal changed a lot of shit for me in that in that perfectionism regard. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Like even the record journal, I was like, I, when I started it, I was like, I, like, I can't ruin it. I got to tape. I got to tape this lint in here just perfect so that it looks. Oh, my God. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. I'm like then I realized I'm like, oh, my God, I got a problem. <laughs> you got a big one. Like a and big this book just called me out on it. <laughs> Dang. So that is the first type of imposter syndrome, and it's called the perfectionist. Yeah. I, I'll mess the book up, but I have to mess the book up perfectly. Like that. Exactly. Like the way yeah. that it shows. Yeah, that's me too. Mm -hmm. The I next type of imposter syndrome is called the superwoman or man. Uh, since people who experience this phenomenon are, are convinced that they are phonies amongst real real deal colleagues, they often push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up. But this is just a false cover up for their insecurities. And the work overload may harm them, may harm not only their own mental health, but also their relationship with others. Not sure if this applies to you. Let me ask you some questions. Do you stay later at the office than the rest of your team even past the point that you've completed that day's necessary work? I did. I did. Guilty. Yeah. Like I got yeah. to this point with all of that, where I literally like my work, my relationship, like my whole life, I literally packed it all up in my truck and split. Like it got to mm -hmm. that point where I just, I was like, I'm, I can't, I'm done. Can't, yeah. Best decision it's I ever made. Detrimental. Oh. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I didn't expect the screen to go down. I just, it startled me. I'm okay. I'm here. Oh, it started. That's okay. <laughs> I think this is the. This is the article that I'm reading. Well, I would pull it up, but it's full of a bunch of ads and now it's getting on my nerves. But the next one, it says, do you get stressed when you're not working and find downtime completely wasteful? Guilty! Until I learned to meditate. Meditation actually helped me a lot with that. Yeah. Because I'm not doing nothing. I'm meditating. Correct. Yeah, Which I'm is doing busy. nothing. I am busy as fuck during meditation. Like, like a duck. Like I look calm on the top of those feet, man. They are running. Run it. The next one says, have you left your hobbies and passions fall to the wayside and sacrifice them for work? Yes. Yep. Boy, we may have had imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, just, just a little out. bit. A little bit. Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title despite the numerous degrees and achievements? So you feel pressured to work harder and longer? That is me. Harder and longer than those around you to prove your worth. One of my favorite sayings is that I will outwork anybody in this room. 
And that's still true. And I'm not sure I want to give that up. I, I will outwork everybody at all times if I have to. I'm going to let you have this one because it's your show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would probably get someone more professional to come in here and talk to us about this. Uh, imposter workaholics are actually addicted to the validation that comes from working, not to the work itself. Start training yourself to veer away from external validation. Yuck. God. <laughs> Why are we so fucked up? You know one. <laughs> I know, but that's because it, I didn't pick this article though. Like I picked the other article, but the other article just tells you what it is. The other article is um, a lot nicer. Can we read the other one? <laughs> God, we should. No one should have more power to make you feel good about yourself than you. Even when your boss, oh. even your boss, when they give you, give your project the stamp of approval. On the flip side, learn to make, learn to take constructive criticism seriously not personally becky who was like this show sucks you becky <laughs> was her name really becky no i don't know what i don't remember what her name was i think oh, i, I actually deleted name. the comment bad name because i sat with it and i was like you know what why the fuck am i saying i'm just gonna delete it yeah and i did and it felt so liberating i was like ah I probably would have deleted it or I would have been like, and your feedback can be deposited into this email if you would like to give me some criticism. And then I would have deleted the That's email. That's what I'm saying. There's an email address for that. Like if you got yeah. feedback for me, so if you if you're out here just blasting me in the comments, like that ain't feedback. Stop kidding yourself. You're trying to make yourself feel better. Um, okay, as you become more attuned to internal validation and are able to nurture your inner confidence that states that you're competent and skilled you'll be able to ease off the gas and gauge how much work is reasonable i'm getting better at this i'm taking a vacation i no longer get like this this the, the palpitations in my chest when a show is late or has to be canceled or like because I, I i used to get like really and that that came from corporate world because when things didn't go the way that they were supposed to go like you were in trouble and so i still kind of carry that with me today so I, I let a lot of that go yeah i let a lot of that go but i am i'm struggling a little bit i'm trying to take i'm taking this weekend off and that's been a little like i didn't think that i was going to have as hard of time with it as i'm having yeah it's also, uh, what i'm taking time off for is not something i wanted to <laughs> i might do more lives <laughs> yes well, that's another thing. Like when I'm supposed to be on vacation, like, or when we went on staycation, I'm like, man, I'm not going to make any content. And then something came up and I'm like, man, I'm just going to make this one video. And then something else came up and I'm just going to make this other video. And then one it just too many intense, not enough. Yeah, that's right. That's how it good. And you know what? I don't even regret it. I like, I, I struggle with this too, because I understand that there's the working too much, but I also understand that I'm doing something that I really do enjoy and love doing. I get burnout. Like if we've got, if we're going back to back to back to back to back to back to back, and I'm jumping topic after topic after topic, I get burnout. But it takes me no time to to come back and then to do it again because I I do love what I do, mm -hmm. and I feel like we have to be really careful coming down on people who pour themselves into their job, especially if that job is something that they're, they're yeah extremely passionate about. And so I don't tend to come down on people for working too hard if I know that it's something they're passionate about. And I feel like um, it comes yeah. into, like if you work, it, is it work or is it you building something? Because, Correct. Like, and, I, and I see this too, right? Like, and I'm going to use the example of like retail, right? Like if you're working okay. retail, because I'm living this and okay, it's, it's retail, like the job isn't going to give a fuck if, if you didn't show up, like they're just, you're just a number, like they're just going to call somebody else. Right. And I, and I've experienced this too. I've worked several fucking retail jobs and customer service. And thank you so much for calling. Hope you have a great day. Like I can do it. Okay. But, and then I feel like, you know, push it forward to what I'm doing now and building my dream and my passion. Like, yeah, I'm going to work 82 hours a week if I fucking have to. Yeah, there's no vacation days. Yeah, there's no sick days. I can't call. The animals still need to be fed. Like horses don't, you don't get Christmas off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's, yep. I, I feel like that's the difference too. Like with what intent it's going for and who is, like if it's just to make somebody else money and they're they're raking you over the coals, like it's not worth it. That job's not right. worth your fucking sanity. Right. 
we talk about this an awful lot, especially with the way things are right now. My yeah. kids, are, you know, obviously they're they're much older. They can stay home. Um, they have cell phones and whatnot. And so there was always kind of that discussion as to whether or not I was going to go back to work. And and the reality is, is I absolutely could. I could go get a job with the company. Well, probably not now, but before I did all this, I could have. Uh, with, and do the same thing that I'm doing, the marketing and the the entertaining and the you know doing all the same stuff for another company making 15 bucks an hour, you know, or I could take that energy and pour it into myself and my brand and the show and and what I do here, and really you know pour it into myself like I would do for another company and then reap all the benefits from that as well. Um, and and so when we sat down and we were having that conversation, you know. We had made the decision that I was going to continue with this uh, as long as, as you know, it, it uh, as long as it made sense, I guess, in, in that sense. So, yes, I get it. <clears throat> the next one is natural genius. Um, Dr. Young says people with this competence type um, believe that they need to be a natural genius. As such, they judge their competence based ease and speed and opposed to their efforts. Uh, in other words, if they take a long time to master something, they feel shame. These types of imposters set their internal bar and possibly high, just like perfectionists. But the natural genius types don't just judge themselves based on the ridiculous expectations. They also judge themselves based on the getting things right on the first try. When they're not trying or when they're not able to do something quickly or fluently, their alarm sounds. That's my youngest child. Like to a T. That kid can't figure something out in five or 10 minutes. Like he gets unbelievably frustrated, yeah. unnecessarily frustrated. I don't know. That doesn't really apply to me. You? Uh, no, I, I pick things up very quickly. I, I, I usually like do. if I, if I like, if I can watch you do something and I like touch it once or twice, like I'm, I'm good. Like I got it. Oh, okay. Here, let me ask you the questions then and let's make sure it's not you. You ready? Yeah, you're ready. Are you used to excel? <laughs> Are you used to excelling without much effort? Kind of. I mean, depending on the thing. Mm, about to ruin your day. Do you have a track record of getting straight A's or gold stars in everything you do? I was a terrible student, so that one, like, if I wanted to do it, yes. But mm -hmm. I've been. A like everything I've been accused of everything I touch turns to gold because I work impossibly hard. Well, yeah. Making. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, when you, yeah. I'm thinking like school yep. grades, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Were you told frequently as a child that you were the smart one in your family or peer group? No, no, that's, that's not us. Do you dislike the idea of having a mentor because you can handle things on your own? Also not me. I want a mentor, but I yeah. need to please, be able to like, please don't let me respect. make decisions. Yeah, I don't yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I got it. Just tell me. I'd love to have a mentor, but I can't find like I, I need to find a mentor that does what I do, and then then that I respect. I and that's and then you me. realize that you're you're your own mentor, and then you're well, first. kind of, yeah, well, we're kind of there, <laughs> yeah. Like I would, I would, I would like align myself with these people, thinking that because they would come in initially very. Their knowledgeable sales pitch, their sales pitch is yeah. real good right their their first three months were fantastic and then all of a sudden i kind of started to step back and realize that that, that no like or no yeah. that's not how this works or no you can't just you know or we have to be consistent like okay so then you go back to just that like you have to go back in and like hey guys i'm back in in here and they're like come on hi hi <laughs> yeah. hi it's me thanks for, thanks for waiting um, when you're faced with setbacks, does your confidence tumble because you're not performing well provokes the feeling of shame? No, I don't think this is me. Is this you? I feel like this is us. Is that you? A little bit. Dang it, Becca. I know. Do you often avoid challenges because it's so uncomfortable to try something you're not great at? No. Eh. No, I don't do that. I don't care. I mean, yeah, how no, many I kind of like challenge accepted. Like I do the, like I go the opposite with it. Agreed. Okay. So maybe partially, and that one is the natural genius. The next one is the soloist. Oh shit. Why are God. we doing this this morning? Because we need to <laughs> self-reflect and this is how we do it. Because I, because ripple time was like, he talked to me about that. I'm like, you know, I don't even know. I think I've heard of this. And then I dove into it and I'm like, fucking A. Johnson. Like, I feel like, because I, I thought imposter syndrome was like, 
experiencing somebody else with imposter syndrome. I didn't realize that it was more of a self-reflection and I am big into self-reflection. I fucking love it. Yeah, so I'm I here for it. all the way on left field. And then when you sent me that and I realized what it was and I'm like, oh shit, I was wrong. I didn't, I didn't know that that's what, hey, I'm here for it. I mean, I showed up. <laughs> yep, we're here. So just sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Number four is the soloist. Sufferers who feel as though that asking for help reveals their phoniness are what Dr. Young calls soloists. It's okay to be independent, but it's not to the extent that you refuse assistance so that you can prove your worth. Oh my God. Not sure if this applies to you. Ask yourself these questions. Do you firmly feel that you need to accomplish things on your own? I feel like this is one of those put a finger down TikToks. Like, are we, is this what we're doing? Let's just go really fast through it and maybe nobody will listen. <laughs> the next one is I don't need anyone's help. Does that sound like a fuck? Does that sound like Oh you? my God. Don't worry about it. I got it. Right? It's not that I don't need I don't want help. you to fuck it up. <laughs> I don't want you to fuck it up. And I don't trust people <laughs> Shit. to do it. Shit. And listen, I think this is, and I'm not blaming people. Like, I'm just saying it's been my experience. Like when people come in, like if you're really upset about something, and people come in and they're like, look, it's really going to be okay. Like the first thing I'm going to do is be like, I'm going to punch. How is it going to be okay? Like I need more than just your, your, your face hole making sounds. Okay. What I need is you to come say, listen, ship, it's going to be okay because, because we're going to, yeah. we're going to do this, this, and this. The outcome is probably going to be this. We have a plan. But most of the time, what people like to do is they just like to be like, it's okay. And that's not the reassurance that I need. The reassurance that I need is you with a plan and a follow through. And I historically don't get that. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. I think I just probably asked the wrong people, people who don't do that kind of like some people do really well with words, Mr. Shipwreck. Like I can just tell him all the stuff and it makes him feel all better. Me. I'm like, don't tell me it's going to be okay. Like when we were painting the basement, I'm like, there's, there's a sheen and everything is shiny and how, He's like, look, it's going to be okay. And probably because I was being majorly unreasonable because I was PMSing. But I'm like, how is it going to be okay? We painted it black and there's a sheen and I do the show and I have to move to the basement. And then he's just kind of like, it's okay. How is it okay? And then that, and it's just, there's a disconnect with him and I here. And we're working on that. Chris and I are very much like we're our, and it's all communication, right? It's all communication and our disconnect. I figured it out. Do you remember um, in school when they had you make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you had to write directions out to make a peanut butter and jelly. Yes. And they, they went through and like depended, they like, they took your directions literal, right? Like put the peanut butter on the bread. So they literally took the bread and put the whole jar of peanut butter on the bread because it didn't say to unscrew the top and scoop it out with a knife. Right. Correct. Yes. So, and Dirty Dan's, Dirty Dan's a diesel mechanic. Dirty Dan is very gear-minded, right? Like he's right. a gearhead. He understands how things come apart so that he can put them back together, right? So uh-huh. when I communicate something, I, I already have all the pieces together. And I'm just, this is what we're already like, we're already at the end point. Like I'm already telling you what we need. He needs to take the knife out, spread it on the bread. Like he needs step-by-step directions. That's what I'm I need. like, don't you understand? <laughs> I don't need step-by-step directions. I need step, like, you're going to tell me it's going to be okay. I need step-by-step directions on how you're going to make it okay. Like how, you know what I mean? Like I need. You need bullet points. I need, I need a PowerPoint. Like I, (laughs) you want to make me feel better. That's fine. You want to placate me and, and just shut me up so that I stop crying or whatever. Then yeah, tell me everything's going to be fine. And then I'm probably going to stop because I feel like you feel like I'm being ridiculous. And then I'm just going to stop and shove it all back down, right? Yeah. We're going to deal with it solo, right? <clears throat> Correct. I am an actions person. Okay. And we're going to deal with it solo. So let's continue. <laughs> Do you frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project rather than your needs of a person? One more time. I don't think I understand that. Do you frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project rather than your needs of a person? Maybe like, oh, listen, uh, maybe like what we just talked about. I need it broken down like a, like a project rather than I need reassurance. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I take the emotions out of things. Look at us fucking being ahead. 
we could be psychologists. What the fuck are we doing? Why are we running this podcast? Like, look, we're probably your morning. Welcome to your morning therapy session with shipwreck and the shit show. That's right. We can Google things too. (laughs) Number five. And I think this is the last one. It is number five. And the last one is called the expert. Um, Experts measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do. Believing they will never know enough. They fear being exposed as inexperienced or knowledgeable or unknowledgeable. Uh, So if you think you're an expert, ask yourself these questions. Do you shy away from applying to a job posting unless you meet every single educational requirement? Nope. No. I've applied for jobs that required a bachelor's degree. And one job I got, and I have a high school diploma. But I'm really good in an interview. I'm like, but then I got in the job and realized that it was a (laughs) shitty job. But I stayed there like five years. When you lie on your resume and get out of your I didn't lie. But I did, I, I, all I knew, I, I knew all I had to do was get into that interview. Cause once I could get into the interview, like I could freaking sound like I had a college degree and not have a college. Degree. And let's be really honest about college degrees. Like they don't mean a shit ton anymore. They don't mean shit. You're going to have to wait until I am finished. I have a cat. So I have this cat and this is a side topic, but I have this cat and, and I don't know if she's got a depth perception, but I have to scoop her food into a pile so she could see it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she won't eat it. And I forgot to do it this morning. And so she's waiting for me to scoop her food into a pile so she can so eat it. So cats actually can't see directly in front of their face. That's why they struggle to, like, take treats out of your hand and stuff like that. And if you get her, um, like, a very shallow – they I have one for my cat. But it's a very shallow dish, and it's kind of tipped up. So it's, like, kind of beveled like this. But they mm-hmm. also get – um, uh, what is it called? Fucking uh, – uh, whisker exhaustion or uh, something oh, like where that. Like... Their whisk, because if you feed them in the wrong dish mm-hmm. or not even have it, in, but I would keep it in a pile for, but their whiskers get tight because that's how they sense if they can fit into stuff. Oh, well, that makes sense. I'll get you a new bowl. Okay. Well, she's still going to have to wait. <laughs> we're busy. <laughs> um, Where if else I, were we? Yeah, you can't cut, where are, cut whiskers. That, that's what. No, yeah. I would never cut her whiskers. Yeah, don't do that. Even though she makes me, I would never do that. <clears throat> so we're on the expert cat. You're going to have to wait. Uh, are you constantly seeking out trainings or certificates because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed? I don't do that, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, not for enjoyment, but for, oops, tips and tricks. And for like, um, like ideas on how to do things differently and how to speak differently. And- Inspiration. Maybe inspiration, but just more like education. Yeah, just to because you don't, like have, have remember something. we don't do the com- we don't compare anymore, right? We don't. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not comparing necessarily, but I'm listening for I'm I'm listening to see how other podcasters do their work, and especially if they're super successful, and then I try to take what seems to work for them and that could work here and, and implement that here. And that's kind of what I do with like my, my training style and even like my spirituality and everything. Like I look at, I look at all of it. Like I look at all disciplines of writing and take, thank you. And I take, I take all these little bits of what I've learned and what works for me and what I resonate with and kind of just put Mm -hmm. it together in my own thing. Yeah. I don't think that applies here. I don't think we're not seeking out, like it doesn't make us feel better to have certificates or anything. The next one is if, even if you're, even if you've been in your role for some time, can you relate to the feeling like you still don't know enough? That's tough because I think you can always learn and grow. I think that's the whole point of everything is to be constant. I I talk about that all the time is that we always, we're, we're constantly learning. We're constantly growing. We're constantly evolving. If we, the minute you say that, you know, everything, I already know that, you know, nothing. You don't know shit. Right. And you don't even have to say it. Like I can tell by the way that you talk and the way that you act if you think you know everything. Right. Like if you're a condescending asshole about it, it's not going to work. We've had plenty of those. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. Do you shudder when somebody says you're an expert? Yes. I don't like that. Like, you know, I'm not an expert on anything. I know a lot about a lot of things, but I don't know a lot about any, like everything about one specific thing. Like I just know stuff. I feel like 
I, I got a, a whole slew of eclectic weird skills. So uh, I just, <laughs> I want to find out what causes imposter syndrome. The common causes of imposter sin of the imposter syndrome phenomenon include such experience as stigma, stereotype, threat, or an overall sense of intellectual phoniness. Yeah, but like there has to be something. Oh, here we go. Oh, they even have like a little. Oh, we're not going to pull that up. There's lots of ads on this stupid set too. So they have like a little thing. So characteristics of is the inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, attributing your success to external factors, berating your performance, fear that you won't live up to expectations, overachieving. H-Dad, welcome to the membership club. We're glad to have you. Enjoy those emojis. Use them annoyingly often. We love them. But we're glad to have you. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know that I'm an overachiever. Do you think you're an overachiever? I'm an overanalyzer. I know that. Big time. Maybe. I, am I yeah, an overachiever? Are. I don't know. What's the definition of an overachiever? Um, well, here are 11 signs you might be an overachiever. I'll do you one better. Oh, perfect. Signs of an overachiever. Do you only care about the out? Wait a minute. Being an overachiever is not necessarily a bad thing. If people suggest that you are an overachiever, they may simply mean that you are smart, successful, and hardworking. But if you feel like your success is being overshadowed by anxiety or crippling fear of failure, it might be time to reevaluate your relentless pursuit of achievement. Do you only care about the outcome? Overachievers tend to believe that the only thing that matters is reaching the outcome. They judge themselves based by this standard and also believe that other judge them, others judge them in the same way. Do you do that? You don't I don't care think about so. The, the next one says, are you a perfectionist? I think we kind of went through that. Maybe That's slightly. Or Yeah, like this was all like old, like. Maybe that changes with like age though maybe we as we get older and more mature we get and less older more mature further along in our journey and self-reflection i think it's i think it's a combination of things i feel like at one point in time i could have related to all of this but currently like i just uh no not really i'm here for the journey i would agree like i i don't focus i used to focus a lot on like the i and i could probably resonate with a lot of this at one point Right. The next one is, do you criticize yourself? It is normal to be a bit critical at times of your own behaviors and shortcomings. But overachievers, however, have a tendency to berate themselves for failing or living up to their own excessively high expectations. I used yeah, to be I this way to. really <laughs> yeah. bad, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm not anymore. Like, I don't have expectations for what is going to happen. I'm just happy to get what I get and then mm -hmm. go from there. Um, are you only focused on the future? <clears throat> this is also something I struggled with for a long time. Uh, but because they are so wrapped up in avoiding negative outcomes, overachievers are always worried about the future. The problem with this is they are regular; they regularly neglect the here and now. They do not live in the present because they are too busy worrying about things that may or may not happen later on down the road. They are unable to enjoy things as they happen because they are too busy worrying about what is yet to come. This is something I go back and forth on. Like I lived forever in the future. Like my anxiety was at a level 500 um, constantly. Like I didn't sleep because of it. I, I couldn't eat because of it. I struggled a lot with food. I struggled a lot with just everything. And that was almost all of it was anxiety and, and constantly planning for worst case scenarios in the future that came from, like, I think having a child so, so early and then struggling, we struggled a lot. Like, you know, we didn't have any money. Lights were shut off and, and it was hard to keep food in the fridge. We struggled a lot. And so now that I'm here and I'm like a, an adult or adult, like I, I'm, you know, I try to stay, obviously I don't want to come home when my lights are off. So I'm always like living 15 steps ahead, but that proved to be a very detrimental way to live. Damn. Did you do that? Did you live in the future? Do you live in the future? I, I mean, I live in the future, but no, I don't live in the future. So time, so time isn't, time doesn't exist, right? So everything is, right. is always happening at the same time. So that's why the present's so important, right? And anxiety lives in the future and depression lives in the past. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a very healthy balance and it's a tough one. It's a tough one to keep, but 
before I get into that, I want to touch on balance for a second, because just like when you're trying to balance on one foot, or I did gymnastics for a while, like when you're on the balance beam, or even when you're on a horse, you're constantly adjusting yourself to keep your balance. And I feel like if we go back to living in the future, living in the past, preparing, there's a difference. There's a different intent. There's a balance between, okay, let's realistically think about the future, right? Here's the plan for the future versus obsessively living there and, and cultivating the stress and this fear from it, right? Because that balance is some things may need at times more attention about the future, right? Like something happened. Okay. We really need to plan now for this or vice versa. Like, okay, this is going, you know, this is not what we expected, but we're here for it. Right. And we're staying in the present and in the now and not mm -hmm. stressing about the, what could have been or should have been or might be. That makes sense. Like, because there was a time and a place where I was obsessive about my budget. I would budget six to eight months out. Like I knew, and I was obsessive, but I checked it at least once a day. I was constantly checking our bank account. I, I was so obsessed with, with making sure that we stayed in the green. Right. And now we're kind of at this point to where I budget, but I only budget about three months out, um, give or take, because things change so rapidly, especially now with the economy, things change constantly. So I update it when I need to. And then I usually check it on Fridays and just update everything. And, and so that, cause that's when, you know, we get paid on Fridays. And, um, so we try to, and go grocery shopping and stuff like that. But I have found that not only did I have to like stop doing all of that, but then you have to like physically get your body to stop doing that too. Because it's one thing to stop doing it in like your mind to try and stop doing But like your body is still reacting to the fight or flight of it. And so I was still having the panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And then I didn't know why, because I'm, I already, I stopped doing this. Like I stopped obsessing about this. Well, it's because I didn't give my body permission to, to stop with go. us to let it go. And I had to do that through meditation. And if you guys haven't done that, like if you're feeling a certain way about something and you know, it's ridiculous, but you're still feeling it, you need to go into meditation and, and just quietly, once you kind of get there quietly, just tell your body, Hey, you know what? You've got permission to let this go too. And actually like legitimately imagine it leaving your body. Do that a couple. And it sounds so hokey, but man, it was just life changing for me yeah. because I stopped and it was probably a week after doing this consistently every day in this type of meditation. And I stopped having the panic attacks and I stopped having the anxiety attacks. I stopped having the, the, uh, what do they call it? When the thoughts just come in the intrusive without thoughts. the intrusive thoughts about it, like the, you know, it took about a week, but it was because my mind recognized what happened and understood what the trauma was that caused it. And we healed the trauma but my body wasn't able to let it go. And it was so strange. And it's, it's yeah. this switch from your mind controlling you to you controlling your mind. Correct. Well, and they're two separate things. Essentially, you've got to heal both of them. And then you've got your soul portion of this too. And, and, but my soul didn't seem to hold on to any of that trauma. She's just out there drinking her beer and, <sighs> and I, I, I'm finding now too with meditation, like last night was a late night for me. Like I was just out here doing stuff and I did a late live and dirty Dan got home late and whatever, but I finally went back in and uh, I laid down and he kind of like woke up and like snuggled up with me and everything. And I just kind of like, I just wanted to like go to sleep. And usually like I do like a nightly meditation, even if it's something quick, right? Like mm -hmm. even if I got a cut cause I'm tired, but I mm -hmm. always do like a nightly meditation and I'll be damned if I couldn't just go to fucking sleep last night without doing that fucking meditation now, because I'm mm -hmm. on the reverse end of like the muscle memory, right? Like, uh, my body was like, no, what are we, yep. what are we doing? You missed, you missed a step. It's like not brushing your teeth before you go to bed. Like we, mm -hmm. I got to get up now. We got, now we got to do this. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's exactly, it, it becomes, it becomes like a constant, it becomes a yeah. habit. And if you miss the habit, I'm the same way. Like if I, I do, I don't do a very deep or like, long meditation before I go to bed, but I will do five or seven minutes, especially mm -hmm. if I had a live that night, um, to just kind of remove any of the energy that I took from the live and, and then to back. call mine back that, that may or may not be dancing around still out there. Yeah. Um, and then to try and find that place. Cause a lot of times too, we have to complain about, uh, like men, how men are able to just fall asleep. You ever notice that there's like literally no, Mr. Like Shipwreck. Like yeah. He is out within a minute. He's how? like, and out. And I am laying there probably for like an hour, just kind of like trying to get into that space. But I found out, and I don't know if he does this. I don't know if all, maybe all men do this. 
men must really be good at compartmentalizing things because if I lay there and I focus right before I go to sleep really hard on just kind of like, okay, taking all the stuff that I'm thinking about and putting it off to the side. And if I focus just on like one, nothing, like it's a little box of nothing. And I just keep all this. And then I'll, I'll usually fall asleep within about 10 minutes. And men must just be naturally able to do this. I, I, it took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that. And I can't remember where, God, it was a long time ago. And I, I want to say it was like, it was a stand up. Oh, don't let me roll over your little face, sweetheart. It was a, it was a stand up or a skit or somebody, it was somebody talking and I can't remember who it was, but they, they broke it down. And have you heard this? The box, the box theory with men? No. Oh. So they had, so he was, he was going into this story and he was like, do you want to know how men can just like, just like shut off and, and compartmentalize and just, you know, be nothing like fish, right? Like men can mm-hmm. go fish and just shut down because they have a nothing box. Every, they, they all have a box, right? So like in this box is sports and in this box is work and in this box is family. And then they have a nothing box and they can tap into the nothing box at any time. And the other files don't ever go into the nothing box, right? Like they literally have a box of nothing. And women, however, it's just a giant tangled ball of yarn, okay? So when something touches that ball of yarn, it goes all the way through all of our emotions and our childhood trauma and the thing that Susie said yesterday at lunch, right? Like, it's all fucking connected. That's why we don't have a nothing box because it's a giant bird's nest of fishing wire. Well, maybe that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on being able to tap in. It's so funny that you call it a nothing box because now when I go to sleep at night, like, and this is the habit that I got into, like I do, I I can't compart, I can't, I, but I imagine everything that I'm thinking about just kind of being pushed to the side Yeah. and then it's still going and I, but it still has to go on around me. Otherwise I feel like I'm going to forget it. So, but I can see it. It's almost like TVs and there, whatever I'm thinking about is going on around me, but I am hyper-focused in the middle part, which is a gray box. It's a gray box and there's nothing in it and nothing. And I, and like things try to come into the gray box and the gray box doesn't let things in. And so then I just focus on the, and then eventually I do fall. And that has shortened my ability to fall asleep time from probably an hour to 15 minutes. Plus I stopped having a lot of the nightmares. I used to have nightmares. Like I still get them occasionally, but like I used to have these, these dreams and these nightmares. I would have dreams. Like I would message people in the middle of the night. Did you, have you ever done this? Oh my God. Like, are you alive? Yes. Yeah. But like I'm I'm asleep. Like, I don't know that I'm like, I'm dreaming. I'm messaging people. And then I message people on my phone. And so then the next morning I'll have messages back and I will be like, yay. Like, so I just don't, I, I shut my phone off. Like, I don't want to, I'm sorry. I do the I thing, like that. that has happened to me too. And then also like, it's like, it's so, the dream is so real. Like I remember having this conversation and then I struggle with like, no, that did this happen or did this, like, what was my dream and what was reality? And like, there's been times where I have been fucking mad at dirty Dan. Like, do you not remember what you fucking said to me? No, of course he doesn't because it never happened. Mm-hmm. I have, I have woke up in the rages at my like rage. Like I have, I was harboring so much anger and I would have these dreams and where in the dream, like I was just raging murderous and I would wake up in that same raging murderous, like sweat it scared me like it i because i get mad like i get angry i have anger i'm bold and i'm brass and i'm crass but this type of anger like was straight something i've and and what i found out was i was i was obviously like subconsciously harboring a lot of anger and resentment uh for a lot of things uh just lots of things childhood stuff and current stuff and future stuff and past stuff and I had to work through a lot of that in order for that to stop. But there was a few months there. Like I went to the doctor because I'm like, I am a little scared of what's happening. And they accumulated it to just some poor sleep habits. And he gave me these tranquilizers, which fucking worked. Like, but I slept for, oh yeah, they did work. But then I slept for like 10 hours a night. Not only that, but like my feet swelled up, my hands swelled, like everything got really fluidy 
Like I saw, I probably gained 10, 15 pounds of water from these pills, but I went through like when I, when I was started to go through like the hypnotherapy and I started to meditate, I found out that there was just a lot of just resentment and anger. And, um, I wasn't, I wasn't speaking about how I felt about things because of the reaction that I was getting about those feelings. And so that was something that I had to address, uh, with the people involved and, um, and it eventually worked out. I don't have them anymore, but that whole thing is like the sleep stuff and the, that's, that's, I don't know. There's something in, like we should, I think we've done an episode on dreams. We should do a whole episode on sleep. Sleep is so crazy. We're important. not going to sleep the way that we're forced to sleep either. And I feel like that's, that creates so many problems over generations of trying to force us into the sleep pattern that isn't natural. Right. We go to sleep when it, well, I don't know. Like we don't, my kids, they can't stay up crazy late, but they usually go to bed when they're tired and get up when they want to get up. Now, like the school and if people that have jobs and things like that, I get, but I don't, yeah. I was just going to say like humans, like on a whole, like our most, produ- like if we go all the way back, right before all this bullshit, all the bullshit, um, like prehistorically, we're not supposed to sleep for eight to 10 hours every night like our most humans most productive time is between two and six in the morning so we're supposed to be taking these small frequent naps like when we're tired throughout the day so that we can be up during those hours in the morning right and like when we're foraging and getting food and and tending to like animals and and other like you know village mentality type of thing like we're not supposed to sleep these massive chunks of time just like we're not supposed to eat these massive meals like we're actually supposed to not eat for three days and then eat and then finally break that fast. Mm-hmm. That's we did something called. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, hold on, I gotta think. The intermittent fasting. It, no, it was like oh. a a whole program. Um, isogenics. It's called isogenics. And I did this program, and I did it initially to lose weight, but I also did it because running, and it was supposed to help build muscle and so on. But that's what it would have you do. You fasted for three days, and you took this cleanse shake in the morning, which was all this natural gross shit. Um, but you 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 fasted for three days and then you would eat basically what the list told you to for like two days. And then you'd fast another three days. And, uh, it's very effective. It was very hard to get on. And then it's, it's a little hard to stay on because when you do eat, you have to eat, it's all protein. So if you're like a plant person, you don't really get to play, but cause it was all protein. It was lean meats, uh, vegetables. And that was about it. I would implode if I fasted for three days. Um, we did it pretty regularly for a while there. I probably did it pretty regularly for about a year. And I was I was running a lot. And now I would find it really hard. To, I think as you get older, it's just like hard. <laughs> I kind of like fast. Like I do like every like every other day. Like there's like I, I go through these really big dips with my diet. I do too. There are days where I just won't eat shit. And a yeah. lot of that's to do with more hormones too. I think hormones play a lot into what we eat, when we eat, and how we eat. And so... I don't know, but Beck, we're right at the top of our hour. Do you want to read something before we go? You got something for us today? What do we got today? Today's the second. Oh, we're in a new month. It's June. We are. It's June 2nd. You cleaned my whole entire house. Okay. I, yes, let's do it. We're going to, we're going to do all the things. We're going to do all the things. Including um, knocking everything over. Tune into your rhythm. Each of us has a natural rhythm. If you don't already know, Work out whether you're an early bird or a night owl or somewhere in between. When are you at your best? Instead of trying to fight your body's natural rhythms, embrace them and work them to your advantage. How does this always fit? Universe. That's it. That's the show. That's it. All right. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, I love your faces. Thank you for being here, Becca. Obviously, thank you for being here. This was a great show. Uh, Today's Thursday. We're No. Yes. No. We're off tonight. Um, we were supposed to be live last night. Mrs. Rogers said, but she can't get her internet next. So there was no live last night. No live tonight. Uh, we are live tomorrow morning with Jen Snow in the morning show. And then no live tomorrow night. We're going to do a double header on Saturday. So we got kids in baseball and it's just kind of messing all the things up, but we're trying to make it work the best that we can. Uh, so double header Saturday night, no live tonight, no live tomorrow night, live tomorrow with Jen Snow. We love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi. And watch out for deer. Goodbye, you guys.